Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to Bricem Indonesia webinar series in leadership and adaptability. I'm Asti, events coordinator at Bricem Indonesia. This Bricem webinar series is proudly in collaboration with Agility Ship and supported by our sponsor BP. And today we are going to discuss the 12 leadership practices for sustainable business, career, and life with our speaker, Dr. Paul Atkin. He is the founder of Mastering Leadership Agility UK and MLA Singapore PTE LTD. This session will be moderated by Chris Ren, the Executive Director of Bridgem Indonesia. And before we start, let me review the functionality of the Zoom webinar. So please be informed that today's webinar is being recorded and we will be able to share a link with you when it's available after the event is complete. All participants will be muted to avoid background noises that may distract you from listening to this webinar and also to enable our speaker to present without interruption. We have activated the Q&A box located at the bottom center of your screen. So if you have any questions, please type them into the box and we will have time for Q&A session at the end to answer your questions. Okay, now I'm going to hand the screen over to Chris Ren, our Executive Director, who is going to start today's webinar. The screen is yours. Thank you very much, um, Asti. Uh, I just had a little technical issue. I hope everybody can hear me. Um, a very good day to you if you are in Indonesia, then I guess that means good afternoon, approaching evening. Um, and if you are UK repositioned, then a very good morning to you. It's a pleasure for Britcham to host this further addition to our webinar series on leadership and adaptability. It's a particular pleasure to welcome this collaboration with Agility Ship and also our supporting sponsor, BP. Um, this particular offering was very, very specifically targeted at uh, executive level people within corporates um, and also senior managers. And that really relates to the content and its depth. Um, Dr. Paul Aitken will be taking this session. Um, he's the founder of Agility Ship, as Asti had mentioned, um, and has spent the vast majority of his career in executive coaching and consulting in adaptive leadership um, and mainly exclusively to executives and all around the world. Um, there is an opportunity, as uh, Asti had mentioned, to punch in questions uh, as we go and we'll deal with them at uh, at appropriate times, but mostly we'll set things back to the end of the uh, program and there'll be plenty of opportunity for interaction uh, with Dr. Paul Aitken. Um, this, some people will think, um, being targeted at agility in disruptive times, some might think that this is specifically because of COVID. Um, actually not. Uh, we began these discussions uh, back in October and November of last year, um, and it just so happens that there is a very, very particular disruptive time that's um, present and among us right now. So its relevance and context could never be heightened. Um, 
With that, um, I, I would like to pass over the baton to Dr. Paul uh, as your host. Salamat datang. Um, well, welcome, welcome everyone. I hope you can hope you can hear me, um, and uh, welcome to this uh, to this one-hour webinar. Um, I uh, I wanted to first of all uh, say that uh, today I will just be giving you um, an introduction to uh, leadership and adaptability. As you'll see uh, with the slide deck, um, there's there's a lot more to learn about this. So. I won't be reading through through every slide, but I will alert you to um, the use of some of the information in the slides as we as we go through. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say is I hope you I hope you all haven't been too badly affected personally by by the uh, COVID nineteen disruption um, here on here on Exmoor, um, which is a national park. Uh, life pretty much rolls on, but that's not. It's not the same for the, for the rest of the world, I know. Um, and um, we wouldn't be running this webinar, I guess. We'd be trying to do face-to-face. -face. So it's all changed for everyone. And, um, and now I'd just like to, uh, to go into the uh, presentation. Yes, so as Chris, as Chris said, um, uh, the, the, the session really, uh, it, it is helpful um, for you in terms of responding to the COVID-19 disruption, um, but there's there's a strap line here which says prepare the unprepared for change, and I'm afraid that um, that COVID-19 is is just one of many disruptions that we're going to face in our in our uh, uh, careers, lives, and businesses. And so we've been working on these 12 practices for some time now. Um, the great financial crash was was the first one, and um, uh, and again, executives found, uh, found this material and learning uh, useful. Nasty, thank you. So, so yeah, so we're, so we're just dealing with COVID-19 and, um, and, and shouldn't forget that actually there are two more uh, highly globally disruptive um, challenges um, heading our way while well, they're already here. I mean, the first is the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and, and particularly the uh, rise of, uh, of robots um, and the potential uh, loss of jobs, but also the potential for for creating new products and, and services. And the same with um, the uh, global climate crisis and uh, and species extinction. And this will potentially um, disrupt supply chains. And um, so. I, it's 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 a world of disruption. I mean, people say to me that, uh, well, well, we'll get back to some sort of normal. Well, I would um, suggest to you that that normal will be constant um, disruption. Thank you, Asti. So this this connection uh, between the uh, the changes, the global changes. Uh, and particularly AI, uh, there's some common themes emerging, and this relates not just to just to humans, but also to the natural environment. And, and particularly in this example, as you can see, AI is being used in really creative ways. And the strap line here is that uh, we're all looking to be more healthy, humane, and sustainable. Um, so optimizing well-being, not just of, of animals, but also humans. Is, is particularly important um, during 
during a significant change. Um, and um, we need to be prepared for that and ourselves as executives, but also we need to be able to prepare others for what's, um, what's heading their way. Um, and we have two, we have two revolutions happening at the same time, uh, one in agriculture um, and one in the industrial revolution. And remember, we've got quantum computing to come. So this is all going to impact on, on daily business life and the way we think about um, our careers. But it's nothing's new, right? I mean, a lot of leadership isn't new. Um, well, we've known for a long time that um, species survival depends on adaptability. It's not necessarily the, the most intelligent. Um, so you can, you, you can learn about leadership, you can read definitions of leadership, but actually your practical ability to, uh, to adapt to changing situations is what matters. So yeah, exams matter as well. Um, intellect does matter. But actually doing um, leadership adaptability is the most important thing. And as I said before, um, there are opportunities created for businesses um, because of it's, it's an opportunity for, for reinvention and repurposing. And um, uh, this is a, a Canadian car manufacturer's response to the current situation, uh, COVID-19, because it's predicting that that, that people, customers will want perhaps to travel solitary um, to uh, in and out of cities. Uh, there's distinct advantages as well, of course, uh, for congested cities and limited parking spaces. And um, this, of course, is driven, this car itself, the Solo, um, is, is powered by um, only by electricity. So um, for, for every challenge, there's, a, there's also an opportunity. And it'll be our, event, uh, our inventiveness um, and our entrepreneurship uh, which will make the difference going forward. So I just wanted to be clear about some of the definitions because there's quite a bit of confusion out there. Um, what I'm not concentrating on today is, is leader. Here you can see uh, Richard Branson. Um, Richard Branson is, is, is a forceful personality. Un unfortunately, even if you did want to be like him, you couldn't be because you don't share his personality, unless, of course, you've got some um, genetic connection um, with him. Um, so it's very difficult to change personality. So what we're, what we're more interested in, and, and, and I think it's much more helpful to offer to executives, is to unpack this word leadership, uh, and, and particularly adaptive leadership. Um, so just go back a minute, Anstin. So, um, Leadership for us is, is concentrating on the interactions between people. Um, so, um, so the picture on the right-hand side is what are the, what are the uh, knowledges, communications, relationships that are happening in, in these interactions, in these connections? And when you, when you unpack that, then you, uh, then you can actually look at it in terms of practices and not personality. And of course, um, adaptive, uh, adaptive uh, responses to changing situations um, is, the, is the key learning. Thanks, Nasty. And um, just briefly, just so that we remind ourselves why agility matters more than size. I mean, size does matter. And I suspect that following COVID-19, there'll be a lot of consolidations, mergers and acquisitions. As, uh, as smaller players in the market uh, fall over because of 
financial difficulties, um, perhaps employees leaving or whatever. But this means that larger organizations also can't be complacent because there will always be small players. Um, Uber is, is an example, Just, Just Eat is another example. There are always small inventive players um, looking around to, um, to, to, to snap and bite chunks out of your, um, out of your market segment and, and therefore um, impact on the business. So within businesses, we need to retain that early sense of, um, of entrepreneurship that many, many businesses built their global reputations on. And we also know that company lifespans are reducing all the time. Um, so uh, the, the turnover in terms of, uh, of that is, is, is increasing, uh, probably increasing in line with the level of disruption that we have in the world. Now, there are two forms of, of adaptive leadership, um, which, which we um, um, alert people to in terms of their learning. Uh, the, first is, uh, the first is agility in the moment. I don't know whether we have any sailors out there. Um, but agility in the moment means being able to respond instantly uh, when something, something changes. And um, if you've been on a yacht and, and the wind and the waves come up, uh, there's, a, there's a metaphor here for business, and you're not, you're not prepared for that, uh, for that significant disruption, then in this case, the worst case scenario is the boat can tip over and people die. Now, not every business is in a life or death situation. Uh, but the preparedness and the practice that these people on these crew members on the yacht have to have so that when that when that wind changes they know instantly who's good at what and that's the collective leadership bit who within the team is best placed to um, to operate what on the yacht to make um, to make it safe so they can continue their journey so that's, um, that's agility in the moment. And the other part of leadership adaptability is, built, is leaders building a culture of, um, of sustainable agility uh, in their organizations. Uh, because if you don't do that, this is what can happen. And Kodak is just one example. Um, it's doing really well. Um, and suddenly there's a change in the, in the marketplace, customer, uh, customer expectations. And in this case, combined with technology, and suddenly the, um, their market share and the viability of the company um, um, gets destroyed. So ironically, you're at your, you're at your most vulnerable when you're at your most successful. Um, and that's why um, having a constant culture of, of agility um, really helps. So I'm not gonna read um, all this out to you, uh, but just to say that um, our, uh, our working definition and, uh, and what it does is that by knowing one another's practices, you can continuously work out why, what and how um, you can create value, continue to create uh, value in the human and natural world context. Um, and as I said before, what people are going to be looking out for post-COVID um, is, is the way brands and companies also respond to some of the, to, to some of the human um, issues and challenges and the natural world impacts and effects that we're having uh, through, through what we do. Very brief introduction now as to um, where this originated from. 
Um, I wrote this book with my colleague Malcolm Higgs in, in 2000 and, uh, 2010. Uh, and um, out of it, out of writing it and doing all the research, we, uh, we, we came to the conclusion that, that, that were, um, there are certain capabilities, as we call them then, um, 10 capabilities in this case, which became 12 practices. And we're not so much interested in defining what change is or what, or, or what leaders are um, uh, in terms of their personality. We want to know um, more interestingly and more helpfully how to develop and practice agility. So since then, we've been working um, all around the world. Asti, if you just move on. We've been working all around the world um, testing out the, um, the research and development and then the delivery of uh, the 12 leadership agility practices through businesses. And these were some of the companies that helped us with the original R&D. We ran a simulation for a week. We ran a company for a week. And um, Toyota, we went on to work with because we wanted to match their continuous, their continuous, their process continuous improvement system. We wanted to draw some parallels with um, the people continuous improvement system, bearing in mind that people drive processes. And we have that case study which shows evidence throughout the Toyota culture. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree Toyota have stayed at the top of their market segment for a long time now and must be doing something well in terms of sustainability. Um, we have that case study, but I don't have time to share that with you on this occasion. Perhaps that's something that we can do um, later on. And um, enterprises and business schools um, around the world have, have used our methodology and our learning and our um, application to, to business life. It's important that, that we tested this out cross-culturally because you never, you're never sure whether there are any um, cultural impacts on, um, on, on learning, learning materials and learning process. And then uh, just another thing about me, because this came to play as, play as well in, in determining the idea of leadership practices. This is me, um, aged about two, um, kicking a football. It occurred to me um, as we were uh, thinking about uh, leadership that leadership like football is a set of practices. And here I'm about to kick this ball with my right foot. Not very well at that age, as you can see, because I'm leaning up against the wall. I haven't got too much balance. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm a football association coach and, and, and actually I've drawn on quite a lot of that in terms of um, shaping up with, uh, with our team, the 12 um, practices. Because it's practice of practices which produces elite adaptive performance. And, um, and all, all, although some people say, um, you know, you need 10,000 hours and maybe that's right, but you definitely need more than just being um, a one-off genius. And particularly if you're trying to um, uh, build team performance, you need to practice obviously together. So um, yeah, and then more recently, moving on Asti, more recently, in turn, actually last week, I discovered that uh, some of you may not know who these two people are. So on your left is, uh, is Jurgen Klopp, um, manager of Liverpool. And on your right is Lee Richardson. And um, Chris likes this because he's a Liverpool fan like me. Um, um, I, I, I looked at what they were doing in terms of um, helping Liverpool stay, stay at the top of their performance. Um, and they use these four principles you can see on the, on the left, reflect, prepare, perform, and refine. 
Um, Lee Richardson, by the way, is a sports, is a sports performance um, psychologist. And I've also worked with Dale, Dave Brailsford, who was the um, Olympic, UK Olympic um, cycle coach as well. But this, this, these phases of reflect, prepare, perform and refine, I suddenly discovered that this cycle of readiness was, was, um, was anomalous to, to actually, um, and uh, uh, to, to our circle of continuous improvement. And just so that we're clear, uh, we, can, we can actually create um, adaptive leadership at the personal, um, team, enterprise, and indeed community level. Uh, that's because we're practicing practices. As I said, it's not about personality. Um, so we, can, we, we must start with uh, identifying a, a clearer identity for ourselves. This is our brand, our purpose. Uh, and, and our brands uh, are, are going to be looked at very carefully by employees and, and customers after this crisis, particularly in terms of the way um, that, that the companies have responded to dealing with all the issues raised by customers uh, and indeed employees as they go on furlough, as customers find that their deliveries aren't turning up or they have to do it in a different way. So how people are treated and our purpose um, is very important. We also then need to find out what our, um, our priorities are in terms of our innovation. Um, innovating products and services, I'm sure you're already doing. We just need to keep that momentum going. But there's no point having a strategy unless you can successfully implement it. And if we do all that right, then we can become pioneers and, and, and that can enhance our reputation, either at an individual team, um, um, business or community level. And so again, because we concentrate on practices, uh, your learning and my learning uh, uh, is a lifelong journey. And you can see here that we can apply, we can apply adaptive leadership, learning and development to, to different age groups. Of course, today we're concentrating on number three. Uh, but you can see some of the building blocks in the earlier phases of our life, particularly these people-to-people -people communications relationship building, knowledge creation, sharing and dissemination, which we really ought to start with uh, when people are, are very young. And in fact, this idea came from um, some senior managers, directors and CEOs that I worked for who suddenly discovered that they could actually use these practices um, with their children at home. And uh, again, uh, you can actually use them in, in, in many ways. So. Um, those of you who want to become an executive coach can use, the, use this framework. Internally, you can use them for talent management, career coaching, management team building, strategic management retreats, and community and nation building. And, and Chris will say a little bit more about the final one um, um, later, because as I said to you before, you're just receiving an overview um, today. And this, this proposal is currently sitting with the Prime Minister of, um, of Samoa. Uh, so this is a nation building. It's, a it's an adaptive leadership capability and capacity program that we've put to the Prime Minister of Samoa. Um, and it's based on some of the work that I did with the former Prime Minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark, who I worked with for, um, for six years under her, under her reign um, to build um, civil service uh, and uh, civil service and private sector CEO capability um, across New Zealand. 
Uh, and again, you can see that you have to contextualize this culturally. And so it's very important for the prime minister in terms of their identity to follow Faha Samoa. Faha Samoa just means the Samoan way. And so obviously here, the cultural context is different, but the process is the same. And what they would like to become is a Pacific Island role model. Uh, these, uh, Samoa is just one of the Pacific Islands and it wants to become a pioneer and a, and a role model for developing leadership adaptability um, across its nation. So our improvement framework always starts with diagnostics um, before we concentrate on them. Well, what is the actual business leadership challenge here that uh, we're trying to apply our 12 practices to? And, and so on, we go around that, uh, around that circuit. But we start with diagnostics. Next slide, please, Asti. And, um, and so uh, you, you can actually do um, a self-assessment of your uh, 12 leadership, uh, leadership agility practices, and it will produce a list like this. So for example, in this, this particular executive, performance challenge is, is the one that they're currently um, strongest in. It's the one they're practicing uh, most, and that may be to do with their current role. Um, it also may be to do with what they've learned beforehand. Um, but performance challenge is, is, the, is the practice that uh, they're doing the most of. And remember, this is about your daily practice. And that's a, just a sample of the report, which we can move on from. And uh, we've, this is a heat map of, of um, a regional uh, manager's team in Southeast Asia. Um, showing the membership of that team and all their various strengths and weaknesses across all 12 practices. And again, um, this is at the team level now, this is collective leadership adaptability. We see that performance challenge is, is, is what they're doing most of, um, and agility resilience is what they're doing least of. Now, there's a story, quick story here. Um, this, is the, this is a luxury brand retail organization um, and they're very focused on KPIs because, as you know, retail is a challenging market. So they were focusing the culture on just hitting higher and higher KPIs. Um, but without really building any, any um, agility resilience, because they weren't concentrating on the reinvention, repurposing side at the same time. So, you know, just trying to do more of the same with the people wasn't bringing results. And in fact, the, the outcome was that a lot of, lot of staff were leaving through, through burnout. Thanks, Asti. And so this is, um, this is our, uh, our, our wheel of development and learning. Um, and it goes counterclockwise. And before we go to, to just, I'm just gonna highlight the main sections because we'll see some of the detail afterwards. What you have to remember in the white space here is, is disruptive change. So this, uh, this cycle of, um, of readiness, of continuous learning, of continuous improvement, exists in the context of disruptive change, which is the white space. As I said before, um, we first of all need to reflect on how fit for purpose are we currently? Um, you know, is our, is our brand standing up to all the challenges that, that are coming out from competitors um, and, and, um, and the uh, and the expectations of, of, of customers. Um, have we really thought about that in relation to the future, which is the what? Um, and you can see that for each of these phases, 
there are certain uh, of there are certain practices uh, which which drive which drive the improvement uh, through each of these phases of um, of of personal team and organizational development so for um, for reflecting and getting clarity of purpose uh, those are those four practices there and I'll come to the detail of that later um, and then we need to work out once we've worked out our purpose we need uh, why do we exist we need to work out well what are we going to concentrate on in terms of our product and service line what are our, our priorities what do we need to create that's different to what we're currently doing or what uh, what's out there in the marketplace um, what are our pro what yeah what's um, what can we reinvent what can we repurpose uh, like the solo car example that I gave you earlier which by the way was was it an earlier version that was developed in the 1960s it's perhaps its time has come so we can always look at um, retrofitting some of our products and services for these for these changing times as well um, so there's a whole set of practices there which are more to do with learning and, and adaptation um, and of course making sure that we've got the right people with the right skills particularly the right leadership capabilities to be able to move to the strategy execution stage, the how. Uh, executing strategy requires a lots and lots of communication. So the, the next three practices in this green, green, green phase here, really major in on those. Um, communicate, communicate, communicate is the watchword uh, when you're trying to make sure that people are clear about purpose, they're now clear about priorities, the replenish phase, um, and now they're clear about how they need to implement this strategy. And finally, I'll find, just, just go back and see. And the final phase is, is, is the reputation phase. And as I said before, very important not to take your foot off the gas. You need to continue to drive for performance, but at the same time, make sure that you're uh, looking outward to the changes um, outside of this space. Again, in terms of disrupt global disruptions, um, customer expectations, and so on. So this resilience, this not becoming arrogant or complacent, um, driving performance, excelling at what you do, but changing habits that are getting in the way at the same time. Thanks, Asti. And I'm not going to go through all these. You'll have time to digest these after, after the, um, the webinar. Um, these are the definitions. Um, what I might say, though, is that uh, for the COVID-19, and I'll talk about this a little bit, a little bit more later, uh, for the COVID-19 situation, it's very important as executives that you concentrate on personal values, sensitivity, and uh, emotional intelligence. Personal value sensitivity is, is, the, motivational, is the motivational practice. Uh, you need to, particularly because a lot of people are working remote, remotely and therefore their personal lives are actually interacting with their, with their working patterns, you need to make sure that you, that you know at a, at a real level of detail what drives different people so that they're actually going to continue to focus on, on, on what you want them to do and, and, uh, and performance. And there are only six, there are only six different motivational drivers that we all have as humans. And uh, obviously we don't have time to go into that today, but you need to learn uh, A, what they are and B, who within your team is strongest 
uh, sorry, wants, wants to be motivated through those different values. Emotional intelligence is so important. We need to show our, our compassion, our caring, our humanity. We need to be human, you know? We, this is a time where we can really draw on our human skills. Uh, the robots might be doing a lot of the work in the background, but unless we're maintaining our emotional connections with people, listening to their concerns, creating, creating excitement about, um, about futures, there's, there's, there's that side of this as well. But really tuning in to, to how people are feeling is, very, is fundamental at the moment. If, you, if when things do return to a semblance of normality, you're going to have everyone on board still wanting to promote um, your organization and your brand. Okay, we can just keep going through these, thanks. So there are all the definitions of each of the 12 practices. And, um, and this is a table, again, I won't go through all the detail, I'll just focus on the first two because they're the most important at the moment. Um, so you must remember that what you do on a daily basis in terms of your leadership practice has different types of influence impact and it creates different types of agility. Um, for example, personal values sensitivity allows you, as I already said, to influence people's motivation, motivational level, uh, because you can deliver messages through, through other people's personal values, not just your own. And what I find is working with um, CEOs at the moment is that the ones that seem to be most successful uh, are the ones that and move away from what I call um, generic management speak and really try and speak to the heart of, of people's um, of different motivations, express that humanity. And by doing that, you will release discretionary motivation. That's, that's motivation on and beyond what you'll get from people just because you're paying them to hit targets. I mean, paying people is gonna be difficult anyway, perhaps for some of you. Um, or paying as much, or really just using that as one as your only tool in your motivational armory. You're going to have to find different ways of, um, of raising people's motivations. And if you can do that, um, you can adjust how you can connect with different people, depending on those motivations. And there again, we've got lots of other examples here for you. Um, the, uh, the personal issues, these might, these might be ways of, of, of spotting whether your leadership practice is actually working at the moment. It might show you what some of the gaps are. You can see as well um, that we also run experiential programs um, um, around this learning. And, and that's particularly important uh, when, we're, when we're doing youth leadership development. So have a look at those personal issues and see if you're facing any of them. Then you'll be able to identify which practice, which of the 12 practices you may not be as strong in at the moment. Okay, and uh, there's, a, there's another table to, um, to, help you, to help you with that. Uh, this one focusing on any workplace improvements uh, that you feel that you want to concentrate on from what you've spotted. Uh, by the way, the first, the first um, the first way to change is to be aware of the changes and aware of your own leadership influence and impact. So start with self-leadership before you do leadership of others and leadership through others. Um, best to know, best to be aware of the impacts you're having 
because if you're not, then it's very difficult for you to change appropriately uh, and switch between these practices depending on what's required. Now, this is an example of, um, of some CEO, some very recent, in fact, um, within the last month, I believe, some CEO to CEO advice that's, um, that, that's, uh, that's on the web. This is a, a YPO.org is a, is, a, is a chief executives um, club um, trying to help one another, obviously, through these difficult times, um, particularly in relation to COVID-19. And the, the, these, were some, these were some tips and hints that CEOs were sending to one another. I won't go through them all, uh, because what I'd rather do is just to map these onto the 12 practices and, and let's see, let's see if, um, if this, let's call it um, uneducated advice is, um, is, is matching the 12 practices. Well, um, certainly the CEOs are doing something in the personal values sensitivity space. Um, because they are, are saying that they should that, that companies should be protecting employee well-being, um, encouraging and embracing working from home and virtual meetings, um, and that's what I said. Because because you can't concentrate, sorry, because you can't um, do your normal embracing on, through face to face. You're going to have to find through communication, through projects, through delegations. You're going to have to find ways if, to, to match what you delegate um, to, um, to how people are feeling um, and, and how people are motivated. And that has to be thought through in a level of detail. There are six different leadership approaches, communication styles, for example, um, that you can do which relate to emotional intelligence. But first of all, staying calm, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're not calm, then who else is going to be? Um, people people take, um, take lessons, they watch. We get most of our information about um, leadership role modeling from watching not what people say, but what they do. Um, so that emotional contagion um, is very important. And if you're calm and, and also excited, about future plans as well, remember both sides of the emotional intelligence equation, then you're more likely to have calm um, team members and a calm working environment. Well, they're doing some um, sense make giving. This is the, this is the um, coming up with the strategy and, and then telling a story about it. So they're doing some anticipation of, of what might be next for the business, uh, but also planning for the worst. So communication is vital. And if you haven't been sending out personal messages, I'm sure you all have, it's very important to do it, but don't just send out general generic management, management speak communications. Um, tell a compelling story about how you're dealing with the current situation and more importantly, what you're gonna do um, in, the next, um, in the next six to 12 months. Before you make any critical, sorry, just I suggest going back. Before you make any critical decisions, uh, also think through the consequences. Uh, life is life is interconnected. If you make uh, you, if you make a, a corporate decision, it's likely to affect your colleagues, different parts of the business. So, uh, as a leadership team, um, using your, your 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 adaptability, make sure that you uh, think it through at a systemic level before you make any major major changes um, because you, what you don't want is to make 
the disruption worse for the customer and employees. So there's just some examples. And you can see that the gaps at the moment, well, access capability, uh, they don't seem to be alerted to the fact that you will have to be, you'll have to be uh, wanting to uh, trust uh, different teams, different leadership teams, distributed leadership teams across the business. You need to know what capabilities they have. Who's best at leading on what project during this time? So accessing capability is all well and good, but if you don't know what the capabilities are, just like going back to the yachting metaphor, um, you have to know who's best at what and in a level of detail that you can uh, then um, trust, trust individuals um, to get on and deliver to the best of their abilities. Next slide, SD. Cultural competence is also missing. Or, or they haven't really thought about it enough. Now, different nations, different cultures will be responding to COVID differently. And that's mainly because cultures, cultural rules and norms are different. Um, Chris will know that I think in the UK, we've been, um, it's been a lot looser. The, the rules and regulations have been slower, looser, more open to individual interpretation, whereas in in Singapore, for example, the rules have been very clear, and I might say in New Zealand as well. And if you want to have a look at uh, adaptive leadership in an individual, I would recommend that you follow uh, the, the, the work and life of Jacinda Ardern, the current um, Prime Minister of New Zealand, who's been brilliant at cultural competence. Uh, they're also, you can see here, perhaps not paying attention to um, uh, performance challenge. Um, and it's very important to, to keep people focused on, on the business outcomes, but also, also to, to make sure that you, you, you're encouraging them, inviting them to look for these um, uh, new changes, new expectations emerging in the marketplace so you can create this, uh, this resilience through your uh, adaptive leadership. Um, I won't go through this slide, but just to say that independent research has shown that if you use more of these, the more you use these 12 practices, um, if you 10% increase in the use of adaptive leadership practices on a daily basis will increase emotional commitment to the business by 4%, and that's independent research. That's a great way of making sure that you, that you build that emotional commitment, not just through COVID, but for the future. So finally, just some, just some uh, very quick points, um, must-dos for disruptive times. Be aware, know in detail what your leadership agility practices are. Be thoughtful, reflect on the daily impact, influence, and agility your leadership practice is producing. Be collaborative, make sure you have lots of conversations so that you know one another's leadership practices and who's best to do what. Be resourceful so that the delegation works um, and you draw on um, information, knowledge, relationships um, appropriately. And finally, of course, um, maintain your agility by paying most attention at the moment to people's diverse motivations and emotions. Well, that's all from me uh, this morning. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Asti, for operating the, um, the technology. And Chris, over to you. Question.